Welcome to Obsessed with Design, a show about what makes designers tick. My name's Josh Miles. Today we catch up with Mikey Burton, who is in the editorial illustration game. So Mikey tells us a little bit about how he got started as a designer, why he is totally into food, and all the benefits now of living in New York City when you want to go visit someone. You can get all of today's show notes on our website at obsessedshow.com. Be sure and follow us on Twitter at Obsessed Show, and I'm at Josh Miles. Also, head on over to iTunes and please give us a rating and a review. We'd love to have you help others find the show. So without further ado, here's my friend, Mikey Burton. All right, guys, I am excited to welcome, as he says, the designy illustrator, Mikey Burton. Mikes, thank you so much for being on Obsessed with Design. Oh, thanks for having me. So Mikey and I met a few years back when we invited him to speak at our local AAF chapter. And uh, actually, you got a name drop a few episodes when we talked to Ken Haydock. Yeah, I was just listening to you and Kenny's uh, podcast a little bit uh, a little bit last week. Uh, pretty great. Nice to hear you, Ken. I haven't talked to him in a while. Very cool. Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll circle back to some little jacket stories here in a second, but I'd sure. like to talk to you a little bit about your your origin story as a designer. Obviously, you met up with Ken in school, but like, what yeah. what drove you to design and what kind of got you into this world? Yeah, I might need to fact check uh, Ken's talk a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's taking a lot of credit for stuff. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, my origin story. It is funny, is because I think Ken was a big part of that. You know, I growing up, I was just a kid who liked to draw. Um, kind of followed that, you know, that continued from when I was a little kid. My mom would buy me like all these art supplies and I was just stoked to like, you know, have them and like draw things and color and all that stuff. I think I just followed that love into high school and I, like, I, I didn't have like a, just a typical high school experience. You know, I you know, had a teacher that was kind of encouraging and I didn't, you know, after that, I didn't really know what to do. I knew I wanted to do something creative, but I didn't want to necessarily be a uh, starving artist. So I kind of um, went into graphic design, not really knowing what that was at the time. I kind of had the idea that I might get to make CD packaging, which is funny <laughs> to think about now. Um, but that was about... Who didn't want to make CD packaging, really? Exactly. It was like the coolest thing growing up was, you know, buying CDs and unfolding all those things that are like gate folded like 20 times. <laughs> but yeah, that was great. And, you know, I didn't really have a understanding of how what a challenge it is to learn typography and all these different things. Um, but once I started doing all that, I, I really loved it. And I, I, you know, I just was really into graphic design and, you know, I think Kent state has a very pretty rigorous program. Like it's very, they have a lot of checks and balances. They cut a lot of people out. Um, you know, you can get cut your first year, your second year, your third year. And I think I did, you know, after a while I started to do pretty well, they had like a, a graduate program where you could, you know, you got your, oh, they had a special graduate program where you get your bachelor's and master's all at once. And they invited me to do that. And I took that opportunity. Um, and that's where I met my first, the first people I started my first company with, which was Little Jacket. Um, we all shared, uh, you know, a pretty, a little area in the grad studio. 
And uh, we just started, uh, you know, making gig posters. At that time, I think we were just kind of bored with our classwork because we'd been there for five years <laughs> as the same professors. So we started um, just kind of doing our own little, you know, I hate to word, use the word passion projects, but like we just started like making posters because we had never done anything like that. And we were very fascinated with like archaic forms of printing because like mm-hmm. Kent State has like a really awesome uh, letterpress uh, facility there. Um, I think Ken mentioned it in the podcast too. But yeah, it was great. And, uh, you know, these posters we were doing kind of translated into real work. And uh, that's how we started our first company. Um, Little Jacket. (laughs) Very cool. So you guys basically launched Little Jacket in school and just kind of rolled straight into that as you graduated, right? And kind of made that your first full-time gig? Yeah. I mean, we didn't make any money the first couple of years, but... (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that's why I had to leave at one point because it was, I mean, Ken stuck with it so long and Ken and Joe both have stuck with it like since day one and it's such an awesome company now and they're doing so well and I'm so like absolutely stoked for them. But I think around like year four of me doing that, I was just like, I, I can't do this anymore, guys. I got to do something else. <laughs> yeah. And so you went uh, and worked with another agency in Cleveland or were you, did you leave Ohio at that point? Um, I think it, it was kind of like a, a soft leave because like they still needed help. So I, and I still needed some money. <laughs> I was doing like, perfect match. Doing like some freelance work around Cleveland. I was working with little Jack a little bit. And then that I had like a nice, like I had a friend in Cleveland who's the other partner at little jacket. Now he got me like an in at this, uh, ad agency there and they were play, paying me some like crazy day rate or like hourly rate that I did not deserve. And I did that (laughs) until it dried up. (laughs) And then I was like, what do I do now? And then I went to actually, I have a weird story because like up to that point, that was probably like 2008. I took um, like all my work had dried up and I still hadn't got my degree. So that's actually when I like took some time, finished my thesis, did all that work. I've been kind of out of school since 2005 though. I don't know. It gets really hairy. But then, <laughs> but then after that, like I started at, um, an ad agency in Philadelphia and at the beginning of like 2009, mm-hmm. um, 160 over 90. And that was definitely experience. <laughs> Very cool. And then at some point you decided, screw everybody. I'm going to go out on my own. I'm going to, make this gig as a logo slash illustrator slash, or is that not how it happened? I mean, tell us, tell us how this all kind of came together. Yeah. I think I thought like when I left my friends, which was really hard to do, I, you know, spent a lot of time with them and it was really hard to like, kind of like duck out and do something on your own or like duck mm-hmm. out, and, like, go take a different job. Just, and I was really stubborn about that. I didn't want to, but I knew I like had to in a way cause I needed to grow. Like, I started working. I, and I think the whole idea was like, I need, I wanted to go somewhere where I'd learn something that wasn't just being taught to me. And I thought this place would fill that. And I thought I'd be like, find a mentor there or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't exactly what I expected, but like the agency was, um, you know, very great at selling work. They were like absolute masters of selling work. And I didn't even think that was an art form or something. I didn't yeah. even realize that was art form. I thought you make great work and people buy it. Like, 
when I went there, you could just see them like in meetings, like talking to clients and pitching work. And it always made me think like this work could be like a, a total piece of crap. And they could still sell it through, but they're just like very artful at that and its own thing. And I think just looking at all that and experiencing that was like very eye-opening. And I learned a lot from it, um, but ultimately it wasn't for me. Um, so when I was there, I actually, like we worked pretty crazy hours there, like 60, 70, 80 hour weeks sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I also started like moonlighting as a, like an editorial work. Cause I think all the gig poster work I had done previously at Little Jacket, um, I kept doing that through like 2009 and so, some of that started to actually get pretty decent at the end. It, most of it was crap, but the last, couple, <laughs> that last like four or five posters actually were pretty good. And that's kind of how I got my foot in the door with doing editorial illustration. You know, I think somebody at Wired saw one of those like later posters and was like, Hey, this is great. Do you do editorial illustration? And I was like, sure I do that <laughs> knowing I had never done it. And the, you know, the first couple of jobs I remember really stumbling through and not getting it. I remember, I remember almost getting like fired from one of those jobs. Um, cause I just didn't know how the process worked or something. Yeah. But ultimately those started to work out and that's, and you know, that's been the brunt of my work for the past six years now. So yeah. And it, so it's, it's just you at this point, right? It's just me. It's just been me for, uh, I think this is my sixth year. So, Oh, very nice. Congratulations. Yeah. So tell us about like what a normal day or a normal week looks like. Like what part of your day are you actually designing and illustrating versus doing administrative stuff or email or, you know, when you're kind of the, the man, you've got to do all those pieces. So I'm kind of curious how you, what your day looks like. Uh, yeah, I think I just like recently moved to New York. I live in uh, Brooklyn now and I think I'm still, it's, I've been here since December and I still haven't necessarily found my exact routine. I feel like in past places I've had more of a routine and Mm -hmm. very Zen like you wake up and the first two hours of your day is the most productive for your mind. Then you go on a long hour walk and that (laughs) is very fulfilling and recharges you for the rest of the day. Um, I don't think I have that here yet. Well, tell me more about kind of like what, what your mix is between design and doing administrative tasks and just how you carve that up. Administrative, like, I feel like the longer I go on, the less time I spend actually illustrating and the more time I spend answering emails, oh, yeah. doing all the stuff you don't want to do and like, like just tracking down invoices and all those things you don't want to do. I feel like my, like every year, like the amount of, time I'm designing goes down like a percentage or like 10% or like, <laughs> it's like such a quick amount of time now that like, it's, it's sad in a way. And it's just filled with like so much other stuff. <laughs> um, I do have like somewhat of a, uh, a routine, you know, I, I do find like the most productive part of the day is the morning. Like I feel like any ideation I do for a project that's usually right when I get up in the morning. Like I, I think I used to, I found this like early on if, if I would like, if I have like an editorial illustration I have to do, if I read the article before I go to bed, I usually have ideas in the morning for it um, mm, without, like, without really like trying that much. Um, 
it's just kind of like your brain kind of is always solving problems without you. <laughs> You're just getting in the way most of the time. Um, <laughs> and then like, you know, most of the, like, you know, you're never supposed to answer emails in the morning. That's always, you always want to answer emails, but I always like find that's better to do that at the end of the day. I feel like morning is for sketching lunch and then afternoon is for like actually making stuff. And I'll usually do that till like seven, I don't know, or eight or nine. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think I feel like my priorities are changing a little bit. Like I'm in a new newish relationship. I don't necessarily always want to spend all my weekends working all the time. So I think I'm just like trying to balance my time better. And I feel like that's a conflict where like it's a new relationship. I'm really in love. And then I'm also like, don't I like, I found I like spent so much time on the weekends working and now I don't want to do that at all. Yeah. So it's like cramming that same amount of work, like into like the days. It's always harder. Yeah. It's a tough balance. Cause you can't really turn off. Like that's the whole thing. Like I feel like, I had I'd, at times before I'd had like a separation between work and life or work and home. Like right now I'm just working out of my apartment to save money because it's so freaking expensive to live here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was always nice to have like the delineation because it makes you more productive in your work and you're more focused on home when you're home. Um, but yeah, it's weird. Like it's just cause it's like you, there's like all the, always this struggle of like, I want to do the dishes or I want to clean up this room, but you can't, you have to stay focused on work and like to it, like you need sort of routine to do all that. It's always, you know, it's always quite a struggle. Well, switching gears a little bit, you know, as you talked about your, your career kind of started as, as you said, almost jokingly as a passion project. So I'm curious outside of, you know, all of the editorial illustration that you're doing these days, if there are any, any side things that you're working on or if there's anything else that's kind of got you excited? Um, yeah, like I feel like a couple of years ago I started doing, um, like more like, like food illustrations just as a, as like a silly idea. Um, I think my whole idea was to illustrate my food every day and then like record like what I was eating with like, uh, you know, my fitness pal or something like that. Yeah. And then illustrate that. And like, hopefully it'd make me lose weight too. <laughs> um, but you're probably just like, Mike, why don't you just go to the gym for half an hour and, <laughs> and jump on some fitness apparatus? No, like I illustrating think is a great workout. It's not, <laughs> <laughs> there's no cardio in illustration, no cardio in illustration. I hope that's the pull quote for the episode. There's no cardio <laughs> and illustration. Um, <laughs> Done. But I think like, yeah, the whole idea was just to like illustrate this and like kind of like have like a, you know, make something every day kind of project. Hopefully maybe to lose some weight. And I didn't really get that part of the fitness or like the health part out of it. It was more like I got this like fun little art project. And I found like drawing food was like such a, like a fun and rewarding thing that like a lot of people can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like, a, it just kind of broke me out of my mold of like thinking a little bit. I found like my illustration work had got very repetitive, not by any choice, but just because my brain's kind of dumb. And like, you'll have, the, <laughs> you have like a lot of articles like repeat, like they will be the same, like, you know, this one's about, 
you know, education. This one's about, you know, some business specific business issue that always is recurring. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes those just things repeat and then your ideas repeat and it's not like you're even intending to do that. It just kind of happens. So this like food project kind of broke me out of that where it's like, and it made illustration a little bit funner again. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's, I think the, I think projects like that, especially as an illustrator, as an independent designer to like re-engage you in the work are, you know, very important. I kind of went away from that a little bit before, but I think Mm -hmm. I'm kind of coming back to it because I love like New York city has so much like great food like everywhere it's expensive, but it's like the best food in the, like probably in the world, you know, I eat so many places and I, you know, it's just, it's just like, it's such a pleasure in life to go eat a really good meal. Um, so I feel like I, my next kind of like side project or something will be doing that again in a different, like more focused way. Um, because it is one of the things I really like is to eat a good meal. And I know that seems kind of dumb, but I think it's something everybody can relate to too. Oh yeah. So we'll, we'll see your food illustrations morphing into your, your Brooklyn periods. Yeah. <laughs> Show off all the, the cool hit places. Yeah. Are you doing much, um, attending many conferences or speaking or any of that stuff these days? I feel like last year I spoke like 13 times throughout the year, which is, that's quite a lot. Yeah. That's, that's um, a lot. And it was really fun. Like I had a really fun time. Um, and I always like to travel this year. It's been, I don't want to like, I feel like it's such an honor to get to go talk. Somebody invites you to talk. It's like the best thing ever. For some reason, when I like living in New York and like trying to get out of New York is such hard, <laughs> hard thing. It's just a hassle. It's like such a, it's like such a weird hassle. And I don't want to complain. Like it's weird to like describe that because anytime you start talking about New York, somebody always has an opinion about what you're going to say about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I know I was always like that when I didn't live here and somebody probably will just turn off the podcast because Mike's talking about New York and how hard it is to get out of here. <laughs> um, but like I have best friends who live here in Brooklyn and they're like so far away. Like they're like on the other side of the planet. Like Ken will be like, why don't you go hang out with Joe? Joe's the other guy who started little jacket. Yeah. Like, why don't you go hang out with Joe? Cause he's like, he's like an hour away. It's like, <laughs> it's like so hard to get over there. But like going back to speaking, yeah, it's just been like really, it's been harder to get out of New York and then come back. And like, it's like, you just lose like so many days. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, I would need to find a way to make it more, um, you know, make a little bit more, more money or something doing it. Um, just cause it's like a hard thing to do. I probably shouldn't have said that. We should probably delete that. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe there's some design conference out there just trying to figure out what to do with their budget. And now they're yeah. like, oh, well, we could <laughs> use that on Mikey Burton and then he'll yeah. want to come and then we can get him out of New York. Yeah. No, it's, I, I think it's, I, I like in the past like six years, that has been one of the most rewarding parts of like, being like an independent designer is getting to go to talk to people. Um, not to like stroke my ego, just to like, I'm not saying it that in that way, just cause like you get to go meet people and talk yeah. about design. And like, I've seen like most of America, like just doing that in the past, like five or six years. And that's like what an honor and like what a fun thing to do. So yeah, it's something I really enjoy. I think I also need to, 
I'm also running into, I feel like a lot of things I'm running into now are just like, I need a big change or something. Cause I feel like I'm talking about the same things and I'm designing the same things. And that's like really struggle. It's kind of a struggle right now. Yeah. Like, I feel like I really need to retool like my whole talk because it feels like a little bit older. Like I feel like I've outgrown a little bit, but I feel like I need more life experience to put into it. And that's kind of hard. <laughs> Cause right. I've only had like so many years of designing myself. So I guess we've danced around it a little bit, but, but um, maybe if it hasn't been obvious by our conversation so much, a lot of your work is based around doing these uh, illustrations for different publications. And so tell us a little bit about like, you know, what the process looks like for getting an assignment for Wired or one of these companies. And, and then how does that go down? Is it like a quick turn? Is it a thing that you've got months to think about it? And, you know, are you delivering one? Are you delivering 40 different variations? And what's it, what's it normally look like for you? Editorial illustration is, it's fun. It's like, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily for everybody because it is such a quick turnaround thing. Um, and I feel like the amount of illustration you have to do in a year is like unlike any other kind of thing. Just to make it like financially worthwhile, you're like doing so much work every year. Like it's crazy. Like it's just like a mountain of work. And it totally is like, it's like, you know, the idea of like 80% for dough, 20% for show kind of yeah. idea. Like, you're not going to see like, you might see it if you subscribe to whatever <laughs> random magazine I'm doing an illustration for, but like, I'm not going to show like every piece Yeah, as it's like, it's not like it's necessarily bad. It's just like a lot of things you do are like some version of something you've already done or some style you've already mm-hmm. done. Like the thing you're showing is a better example of that anyways. I really liked it. Like, cause I never, I like illustration. I never thought I'd be, an illustrator. Um, I, you know, when I was in college, I just wanted to do graphic design. Um, but it's, it's really rewarding. I just, I think I have a very short attention span when it comes to work. I don't like, I, and I feel like design projects can last forever. It's like yeah. just, they can stick around and never leave. And <laughs> like, you can just be doing them forever. The thing about like an editorial illustration is like you do it, within like a day or a week or like max, like two weeks. And then it's done and gone. You know, it's like such a, it's like, it's very rewarding in that way. And then you can go and like pick up a magazine and a paper and be like, Oh, I made that. Yeah. Uh, and the actual process for doing a lot of those assignments is always very interesting. And I'm always feel like I'm learning something new. It's like, it's all, you know, it, it's so quick turnaround. Like you'll get in a, you'll get an email from, you know, usually art director and they'll say like, do you have availability this week? And you kind of need to respond within at least the same day or you're yeah. not, they're going to find somebody else, but you always have to be on. You always have to be responding to these people. Um, and depending on what time, depending on the time frame they have, it is anywhere from like a day to two weeks. Like, like usually if I do anything for the New York times, it's like a day. It's like a day. It's not even a full day. You'll get it. Wow. Like you'll get it like noon. You have to, you'll get the assignment at noon. You have to turn around sketches by like two 30 and they want the final by five 30. So that's oh, not even a full day. Um, 
to me that is like i really like that challenge it's really fun to other people it might be terrifying it's still always <laughs> i think it's always terrifying but like to me that terrifying part of it challenge is kind of fun to me mm-hmm. so like most you know most will be like a week um and for me i get to do like a range of stuff whether it is like doing like illustrating like just something we pair for the article just mm-hmm. as a, like a illustration um sometimes i'll do a lot of like sets of icons for like an article um sometimes i'll do a like logo for an article or like for a, a like a package or even mm-hmm. for cover um i don't ever think i get to do like cover work <laughs> um i don't know it's just not I guess I'm not good enough or something, <laughs> but I feel like I've done, I do like all the pieces parts because I feel like in that way, I am, I'm always working with the art director. They don't have time to make a nice like logo. I'm sure they could mm-hmm. they have a nice logo or like a badge. So that's, they'll hire me to fill all those holes and make a, you know, in a way, a, a magazine, a little bit more cohesive in a way. So yeah, well, they're kind of hiring you to fill out their vision, I think, more yeah. than they're taking the time to try to figure it out themselves, you know? Yeah, so I think a lot of people get the more, like, fancy, like, I get to do the cover of all these magazines. I'm always, like, tooling around and doing all the little bits and pieces for everybody, <laughs> which I really enjoy because I am, you know, a lot of me as a designer and likes to really just nuance, like, little, like, tight moments and things. Yeah. Well, you know... And you can correct this list if I've got any of these wrong, but you've worked with some pretty awesome clients, at least from from my vantage point, between ESPN and Wired and Esquire, The Atlantic, Nordstrom, Converse, and all kinds of awesome food illustrations, of course. So where do you feel like, um, you know, where do these clients come from? How have you been able to to land some of these? Is it is it self-promotion that you're doing or do they see a mark that you did in one publication and they think, Oh, I I need to hire that guy for, for our magazine or for our website or. I don't know. I think somebody was asking me about like, how do you land big clients the other day? And I don't, it's funny because I never like cold call or email anybody. Mm -hmm. I always approach uh, like promotion for myself as a very passive promotion like I always, you know, before like there was all the social media, which is something I feel like I'm always trying to figure out and how to like approach that as like a yeah. promotion tool. Um, like I'd always enter like design competitions. I'd always enter like communication arts and print and how and all these different things. Like, you know, I thought it was very important as a young designer to get like the art directors club young guns award mm-hmm. or like print holds a very similar like thing too. I've always put a lot of value in that kind of stuff because I felt like it would be, it would lead to the next big thing. And I don't think any of those directly led to the next big thing, but I think the point of like always like entering things and like, like passively promoting yourself Mm -hmm. and trying to like get some recognition that way. I think that's the best way to do it. I think anytime I've ever emailed anybody, they've never emailed me back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and now I think it's just like, I feel like working in editorial, I feel like everybody, you know, people who work in that industry are always probably looking at each other's work. So you, you know, I wouldn't say I have like, some of my client list is like, I work with that client one time. The other thing is 
but like a lot of it is like you'll work with like one company for like six months and mm-hmm. do like a lot of pieces for them and then some other company will come in and do a lot of pieces for them so it just kind of shifts you know yearly on what i'm doing like this past like i think over winter going into the spring i was doing a lot of stuff for like entertainment weekly um they just figured out i could do a lot of not a lot a lot of nice type a lot of nice type stuff so i would just do a lot of things for them in that way and then you have sometimes you have clients like i do something for like money magazine like every month that since like 2011 i've done something for them almost every month Nice. Um, and then some are just come and go. Like the, you know, ESPN is always like an awesome client because they. It seems like they always want to pay you more money and give you more work. Um, <laughs> seems like which, a pretty good problem, really. Which is good, like because I feel like they, like this past week I was doing something, or this past week turned into like a two or three week job mm-hmm. because um, I was doing. They were doing something for their uh, Warriors issue, the Golden State Warriors. And how successful their season has been. They just wanted me to contribute to like, they had like a list of 73 reasons. And they just wanted me to contribute one reason to that list for the issue. I think for the issue, it got kind of manip- manipulated and killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it changed a little bit. But then they picked me up to do the same style for the web. So it, li- it like actually like, I want to say like quadrupled the budget because they're like, <laughs> just keep adding work onto it. Nice. And that's, and that's cool. Cause I think they, it's like somebody responds well to just you making good work. And that's a positive thing when you're like, you're just getting paid because you're doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I'm not like demanding you have to pay me more money. It's just like, Oh, you're doing a really good job. Let's get you more payment and more work. Cause you know, this is going really well. I feel like, I had a lot of projects lately that have been kind of stuck around. Mm-hmm. Just keep like getting rounds of revisions and they, the project won't go away. And today I was doing something and I got the project done like a two days early, but then somebody like wanted more stuff out of it. Like it's always, those jobs are always going to stay around. <laughs> doesn't matter. Like these jobs are always going to stick. If you get something done early, you're going to do more work. If you, if you keep providing work, it's just going to last longer. So I don't, it's just this weird thing that like, I think it, I think it reflects being a designer and putting things off a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> or something. <laughs> Sorry, that probably isn't usable. <laughs> no, I think that totally makes sense. So tell us about one of your proudest moments as a designer. What's something you're, you're most proud of? I feel like it's going to sound kind of sappy, <laughs> but I feel like one of my proudest moments as a designer is I got to go uh, back to my alma mater and speak. And it was after I'd spoken quite a bit. So I had, I was like a little bit better than when I first started maybe. <laughs> right. And my, like my parents came and listened to me talk and they were very proud and they cried. And like, actually like my friends were all there, like randomly came in, they were randomly in town from New York. So they heard me talk and like my friend, like, there's just like this like culmination of like a lot of hard work into like one thing that made me feel really great. And I think my parents like really finally understood what I did for a living in a way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was like one of the most meaningful points in my life that I can point to as a graphic designer. I know that's kind of like, you know, lame in a way, but like all the other stuff doesn't 
quite matter as much. <laughs> no, not lame at all. I think that's really cool. It's kind of like the Mikey Burton, this is your life moment where everything kind of comes together all at once. Yeah. Um, but like, I feel like lately I've been in such a shift where like moving and different things. I just feel like in a way I'm like starting over or something. Mm-hmm. Like I want to change fundamentally what I'm doing. I want to change like the direction of my illustration. Um, and like looking forward like 10 years from now, like it needs to be addressed. So it's like, it's so weird that like the ebbs and flows of a career and how often that happens as a creative. Cause you look at like, Oh, somebody's in their thirties. They have to have all their shit together. That's what I always thought. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, that's, it's like always like, you're constantly always trying to like find the next thing as yeah. a designer and a creative person. So do you feel like it's the the geographic change that's kind of driven that right now? Like moving to New York and, you know, different house, different office, different, or is think, it something else? Oh, uh, I think it was, the change has been in me for a little bit now. I don't, I think here makes it more immediate. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you need to figure this out now. <laughs> um, but no, there's like so much opportunity here. I think it's a great place to live as a creative um but i think it's just i think it's just because i've been doing this is like me doing illustration and like a little with a dash of design for the past like six years that's the longest i've done anything in my career like that's the longest i've had one kind of one job yeah um so it's like definitely like trying to see like what that looks like now and changing that and developing it Cause it's a hustle. Like it is like, a, it's yeah, a, absolutely. I hate, I hate to use the word passion and hustle because those are like so grossly overused, but it is like <laughs> as a, as an editorial illustrator, you always are like on these crazy deadlines. Like, and you can't do that. I can't do that for the next 10 years. It's like, I need to figure out something new. Well, what do you think you'll be doing 10 years from now? I don't know. Living in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know. That's exciting, though. I think that's the thing that's exciting. I think that's why we also sign up for being a creator is because it always is an ever-changing thing. And I think the way of like design thinking always allows you to do new things. Do you think there's um, anything that you look out for, like when you get a request for a project? Or are there any big red flags that you're like, oh, no, nope, not going to do that one? Or you just kind of like when the phone rings, you say yes? For the first couple of years I definitely had that always say yes mentality. Like I would I would it would like haunt me if I said no to anything. And I would just stay up like all the time and do everything. Um I think I slowly stopped doing that as much and like kind of like passing on things that necessarily I know that aren't right for me. Yeah. Whether it's like I guess the things that I always look at like is that something I've done already like that's going to and that's something i've like is just complete repurposing of something i've already done is it you know i think i can see like how much like the pricing of everything for editorial i under, had a complete understanding of that so if something's like really low mm-hmm. like i'll always like ask for a little bit of, I'll, I'll ask for more for that job that's one of the things that always is kind of like something that will make me turn away from a job or just like having a completely wrong skill set for a job too, that I know I'm going to be like inventing something I don't do, you know? Sure. 
Unless, and, and I think that's good to know whether it's something that you just can't do and you shouldn't do, or if it's something that you can learn and figure out and you want to put the time into it. Cause I think those are two different things in a way. Yeah. I think there are opportunities that are like scary and you're like, Oh, I'm going to say yes. Like just how I got into like doing like illustration work. But sometimes it's like now I'm like, Oh, I can't do that. You, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> Well, what's something like a dream project that you'd like to do in the future? What's something that you haven't done yet you'd like to tackle? It's it's so weird. Like, I feel like when you start out, when I started in this industry, you, it was so much more client. Like you'd have like these list of clients that you want to do. Like when I started doing like more illustration work, I had like a list of like editorial places and that bingo card of like people like fills up like pretty quick if you get into the rhythm and I've kind of worked with all the people I wanted to in that area. Like um, I think now it's like I sure there are like a handful of clients I'd love to do. Like I'd love to do like a Target gift card <laughs> just because you just kind of be like, mom, like go to the Target. You can get the card. It's in there. Just buy it. And she'll go there and buy 20. And that would be like such a cool thing for her. You know, <laughs> my son made these. Like, I think that's cool. Yeah. Awesome. But like, I don't know. I think now it's like, so if you look at like individual designers, it's like, projects are being catered to designers more than ever because like mm-hmm. brands are, are are trying to figure out like advertising and marketing more than they ever had to in the past. Yeah. Like, cause they have to tap into the social media thing and they were always just like throwing money at weird ideas that, you know, some designers can accomplish for them, which is really cool as like an independent designer, but it's, it's hard to kind of figure that out. It's almost like, as an individual designer, you really need to have a specific voice and like really like hone that in a way where like people will cater a project for you. You know, I think thinking about design now, I'd, I'd love to be like, like say, like I started kept doing this food stuff. Mm-hmm. I would love to get to a point where like, I'm, you know, the Anthony Bourdain of like drawing food where I get to like, <laughs> you know, somebody will pay for me to travel and eat somewhere and then draw it, you know, that'd be amazing. That sounds like a good gig. You should really push for this. Yeah, exactly. Like, or just like getting like free food in New York. That's, I mean, even that would be like baseline. If I got a free meal here, that'd be amazing. Um, (laughs) but I think that's, that's the way people need to approach stuff nowadays. I don't, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Like other people are getting lots of work, but I think it's like, you need to have an individual voice and like start, like generating your own content and then somebody will be like, Oh, I want to partner with this person, you know? Yeah. So maybe I feel like you've already answered this question, but, but what would you say you're most obsessed with right now? Um, food. (laughs) Uh, That's where I was going with it, but food and, uh, I don't know, like my record player was in storage for a while. So I've been listening a lot more records lately. And that feels great. Um, I'm really obsessed with my girlfriend, which is lame. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But she's going to love to hear that. But uh, I think I'm more obsessed with like, I don't know. We live like we live really close to the park. We go to the park a lot. Like, I don't know. It's great. (laughs) Um, So is that where you find inspiration? Is it through eating and music and the park or do you? 
do you kind of start other places to find inspiration? I mean, all those things are like life is very inspiring, like hanging out with friends and all those things are very inspiring. I think visual inspiration is such a different thing, Mm -hmm. like getting inspired to make something. And I feel like we're in a time where I feel like we're all over inspired in a way. Like there's so much, there's so much people, there's so many people making so much stuff now. Yeah. And it's so easy to look at that thing and fixate on it and focus and be like, where things are that were supposed to be inspiring are like the opposite of that. So it's almost like you almost need to tune out most of that stuff and like just focus on like you and like making things versus like being inspired to make something. Oh, that's good. Is that what you think or no? I don't know. No, I I think it's really, it's like, like you said, there's so much of it out there. And the problem is you can literally see all of it. it's, it's It's hard to know what to tune into and what to tune out of. It's not, and it's also like, you're not, you never are. It's hard to say like, it's this person or that person. Cause there's always like people you look up to and they're great and they always do amazing things, but like it, it collects as one. Yeah. Versus like it just being like this one person you can fix it. It's like one thing versus you. And that's really hard to like break that. And like, I feel like the more I like, don't try to fixate on that and like look at a bunch of stuff and just kind of focus on me and what I'm making the more I find that's like more rewarding, you know? So did you have particular design heroes as you were getting started or people that you still kind of look up to right now? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, I've had like, I feel like you go like anybody goes through phases of like looking at a lot of people and like you learn like about this person and mm-hmm. the, the influence behind that person. And that goes on, you know, forever. Um, but yeah, I think like in, in, college i i loved like i had a real affinity for letterpress because like kent had a really one awesome one so i'd look at like mm-hmm. the work like jim sheridan jim sheridan i'm not sure which how to pronounce it which way but like his work at like hat show print and all that stuff was like always really inspiring yeah you know i can remember like when like you, the first time you look at like stefan sagmeister's work after like because i went to a very like swiss rigid yeah design school <laughs> right. where you're losing like four fonts everything's black and white for like several years and you're just like tinkering with like this Swiss typography. And they let the juniors start using red. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then like you look at like Stefan Sagmeister's work and how crazy and thoughtful it was. So that was always really inspiring. And I'm sure, and you know, there's still a lot of people today that I look at people's work and I'm like, that person's doing great work. Um, mostly it's like a lot of like illustrators that I look at their work and I'm just inspired by like, you know, different peers and different things, but cool. I think that's good. So with all of your talks you did last year, 13 of them or whatever it ended up being, um, what would you say was the best piece of advice that you gave out at your talks or what do you think is the best advice you've ever gotten? Best piece of advice I've ever given out. Oh man. I feel like I always, I feel like if somebody's been to my talk, this is like a point I always talk about. But um, I think the idea of like patience is always like a really important thing because mm-hmm. like we are very impatient people. Um, I think just we always get so wrapped up in this very fast paced world and design for some reason is so attached to social media in a way. Yeah. I don't know why that is like my, 
I think my girlfriend looks at it like such a weird thing that all designers know each other. Like it's, it's always <laughs> been, it's always been an industry like that. Like design has always been like a really small industry. Right. Now it's like even like, even like smaller and more concentrated because we all like. It's like, like bigger like, and smaller all at the same time. It's so bizarre. It's so weird. But like you do like know, like if you're tapped into this thing at all, you do know like all like these people in a way, which is great. It also has like a negative side of it too, in a way. But like, I think just like that connectivity and like, you know, always immediacy. Like we were like, there's like so much immediacy to the internet, to everything we do now. Like when we send off an email, we want like a response immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to like look at all this like inspiration and like make that, but we don't necessarily want to take the time to like, work on our craft or anything. I think it's just important to think about like being a creative. It's a lifelong journey. There's going to be peaks and valleys in that lifelong journey. And it's just kind of like being okay with that and being okay with like waiting for success. It might, I think you can see people who get success early on and that's troubling as like a young designer. Um, But I think it's important just to be patient, like, you know, focus on what you're doing and like stick to that over time. Like, I remember somebody in my college said it would take like eight years to be a illustrator or something. And I foolishly thought, yeah, I'll do that, you know, in half the time. And then I, <laughs> then I looked at like my timeline of like when I was really doing the work I really wanted to be doing. And it was like exactly like eight years. So, <laughs> so that guy might've known what he was talking about. So he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> well, ironically, this is the point in the show where I'm going to ask you to tell us all the places where we can connect you, with you on social media. So the, you know, the five people who listen to the show who don't know who you are can figure <laughs> it out and, and follow you now. So where's, where's the best, best places to find you? Um, the best places to find me are on Twitter, which is it Mike. It's just Mikey Burton, Instagram, which is Mikey Burton, my website, which is MikeyBurton.com. I think, is that all I use right now? Yeah, just about, that's about it. And I think most of like a dribble would be MikeyBurton.com. Yeah. I don't know. So when, Mike- in, when in doubt, Google Mikey Burton and that's where you will find Mikey Burton. For all your Mikey Burton nudes. <laughs> Excellent. But like, I don't use Snapchat. I don't know what that's all about. I'm too old. <laughs> I'm trying to get the kids here to show me how to use that thing i have an account but i just don't use it i just see all my people i follow on twitter that have like a snapchat thing around their head now and i'm like i don't know what that means (laughs) i feel like i'm getting older every day i'm not excited about that it happens to the best of us yeah well, Mikey, I appreciate you chatting through your uh, projects and process and tell us about uh, your inspiration and, and your uh, work with all these these cool illustration projects. So thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Josh. Yeah, and thanks for being obsessed with design. All right, guys, that's another show in the books. Thank you so much for joining us today for my interview with Mikey Burton. Please check out our website for all of the show notes. That's at obsessedshow.com. Be sure and follow us on Twitter at obsessedshow, and I'm at Josh Miles. Also, head on over to iTunes and please give us a rating and a review. We'd love to have you help others find the show. Obsessed with Design is a production of Miles Herndon, a branding agency located 
13 floors above Monument Circle in beautiful downtown Indianapolis. Check us out online. We're milesherndon.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.